Hi there, welcome to episode 108. Today, I'm speaking with Zoe from Raising Simple. Zoe and I are talking about moving, minimalism, and building a happy home. You are listening to the Simple Families Podcast, a Q&A style show that brings you solutions for living well with family. Here's your host, Danae Barahona. Hi there, it's Danae. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 108, and today I am happy to be speaking with my good friend, Zoe Kim from Raising Simple. Zoe and I are continuing the conversation of loving where you live, which is the theme for this month's podcast. If you want to join the discussion, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash May. Zoe, author Melody Warnick, and I are discussing how to build a happy home, how to find rootedness in your community, even if you find yourself moving. That's exactly what we're talking about today. Zoe has moved 24 times in 13 states. So today I'm picking her brain about all things moving, finding a connection to her community despite that community changing frequently and getting started with minimalism in the home. But first, here's a word from today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Molecule. Molecule is a complete reinvention of the air purifier. It was developed by a father and scientist who is desperate for a solution for his son's asthma. Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that's finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Even if you don't entirely understand the science behind it, know that Molecule is having a meaningful impact on asthma and allergy sufferers. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule's technology has been effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. It's already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. And they have a special offer for the Simple Families listeners. For $75 off your first order, go to Molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. And at checkout, enter the code SIMPLE. Again, that's Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, and the promo code is SIMPLE. You'll get $75 off at checkout. Back to today's episode, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Zoe from Raising Simple. Zoe lives with her family, which includes four children in Atlanta. They live a minimalist lifestyle, which has definitely been impacted by the amount that they've moved. Zoe's sharing more about her journey and some of her favorite places that she's lived and her least favorite places that she's lived and how she's found community and attachment, along with some bits and pieces of wisdom from her book, Minimalism with Families, where she shares a little bit about letting go of sentimental things and finding minimalism with children. If you want to join the discussion, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash May, and we'd be happy to chat more with you there. If you want to leave a question or comment in the show notes, go to simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 108. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Danae. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you, Zoe, because I know that you have a lot of perspective on this topic of loving where you live because you have lived in many different places. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and about the places that you've lived? Yes. Um, so my husband and I, um, we have four kids, ages four to 12 now. And um, actually preparing to talk to you, Danae, I sat down and wrote down how many um, states and homes I've lived in because I really had to think about it. Um, we've uh, I've lived in 24 homes and 13 states. Wow. So far. And yes. that's 
when have most of those moves been in your adult life or just throughout your whole life? Yeah, throughout my whole life. Wow. So of all those places, do you feel like you have become a pro at moving and sort of getting into the community or do you feel like it gets harder or it gets easier? You know, I think that it can be both depending on where you live, right? And if you've just given birth and how old your kids are. So there's definitely a lot of factors that, you know, take place when you move and and getting acclimated. So I was going to ask you all the places that you've lived, but I think that we could probably be here all day. (laughs) So (laughs) instead, I'm just going to ask you, what are some of the most interesting places that you've lived? Um, Our favorite for my husband and I has been Hawaii. We were actually um, stationed there twice. So what's it like living in Hawaii? I feel like that would be sort of a dream locale for many people living on the beach and somewhere warm all the time. Yeah, it, it was a dream for us, actually. Um, in fact, uh, after my husband and I got married and we were talking about all the places that the military might move us, I was like, oh, could we ever go to Hawaii? And he was like, no, we're never going to go to Hawaii. Um, and we got to go there twice and we loved it. Um, we love the slower pace living. It's We call it, you know, aloha life. Um, every Friday around four o'clock, you know, things slow down, people are late and it's okay. And everybody just sort of gathers at local beach parks and they hang out with their family and they cook out and they go swimming and it's just so enjoyable. Did the culture there feel very different from mainland USA? Absolutely. Yes. It, it does feel really different um, because, you know, the, it does have a high cost of living. And so, but at the same time, you have this year-round beautiful weather. So with that, you're sort of already inclined to be focusing on living outside rather than, you know, focused on the perfect home or, you know, a big home. You kind of just want to get out there and enjoy nature. Um, One of my favorite things about that place is that you have the mountains and waterfalls and this lush green foliage. And then at the same time, you can turn around and there's the ocean. Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting thing to point out. I do feel like that the more I have gotten into minimalism, the more I feel connected to the outdoors because I'm really simplifying my home in a Mm -hmm. way that makes me want to go outside rather than looking for all the perfect things and all the solutions inside it makes me want to seek more and go outside more. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. And I feel the same way. And living in a place like that just makes it easier because you can't afford all the stuff anyway. So, you know, land is so expensive and stuff is so expensive. And then at the same time, you're you're offered this just amazing, breathtaking beauty. So what was your house like there? Actually, we lived on base both times. What so does that look we, like? I've never been on a base. I, can you sort of outline what that might look like for anyone yes. who doesn't know? Yeah. Um, so they can all be different. I mean, sometimes you do have single family homes um, on base, which that's more the norm on the mainland. But in Hawaii, you typically live in either a fourplex or a duplex with paper thin walls. <laughs> so, so is, you is your when you're on base, are you, is it like sort of like a gated community? What is it like sort of the bigger picture of it? Yes. Yeah. You definitely, you have to have an ID to get on base. So you, there's a, a little, you know, a guard 
um, and then you drive through and you have to show them your ID to get on base. And um, there's a commissary. Every time you move overseas, there's more amenities for military. So we had the commissary, which is the grocery store. We had something called, there's a a BX or an NEX, and that's sort of like uh, maybe kind of like a Walmart where they sort of sell everything, um, not food, but just clothes and things like that that we can go purchase. And so they have a gas station on base. They have parks. Um, and actually the base in Hawaii, which of course is my favorite base, um, it's actually on the Pearl Harbor Canal. So we would be able to leave our house and walk down these streets, um, with, you know, the sidewalks and the lush green foliage and plumerias. And we would be able to go walk down to the Pearl Harbor Canal and feed tropical fish and watch the submarines come in and out. It was amazing. Sounds kind of like a dream. Yeah. (laughs) So when you live on base, do you typically spend your days on base? How often do you leave? Oh, we left all the time. Um, You typically don't, especially in a locale like Hawaii. So you you don't have to leave base, um, but, you know, you can. So we did every day and we would go travel up to the North Shore um, where it's a little bit more laid back than, you know, Honolulu. So. so living somewhere where the culture is very different to you, do you feel like it's harder to feel rooted and connected to a culture that's very different from your own? Personally, I did not because I've been moving my whole life. So I haven't actually been able to feel attached to a particular culture from my upbringing maybe my personality, like my personality is calm and, you know, just sort of laid back and creative and go with the flow. And I love warm weather. So Hawaii was a good fit. But um, so I don't find it difficult moving around. But I will say that we did have some neighbors that actually did not like Hawaii. And they grew up in one place for most of their lives. And all their family was still in one location. Um, And they also had a daughter in a wheelchair with special needs. So those types of, you know, situations can make it more difficult to enjoy a place, you know, so far away from family. I can understand that. So your feeling is that because you have moved more and you've been in more places that you feel a little bit more flexible when it comes to adapting to new homes and to new cultures. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know that the whole... uh, some of you guys might be familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality, um, but Danae, you and I are both ENFPs, which means we're extroverted and we are perceptive and our personalities, we like adventure on our terms, of course, Danae. Yes. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we like adventure, um, but we almost sort of thrive on that and the challenge and and you know, new environments. So it really did, you know, that lifestyle just fit well with me. Okay. So do you feel like you were more connected to the community in one place that you've lived versus another? Yes. Um, I have found, so we live in Georgia now, just outside of Atlanta and my husband is retired. So we are not, you know, living in a military community and I can definitely tell, you know, the difference. It, it absolutely takes a lot more effort to get for me to get connected without a military community. Because um, when I was in the military community, that is when I felt the most 
rooted. When I was in a military community and reaching out and spending time with other spouses and, you know, our kids are playing together and just doing things together, that is when I felt the most rooted um, in a place. And really just, you know, a lot of joy and enjoying where we were. No, even if we weren't in Hawaii, we were also stationed in Florida and it was the same case there when we were, you know, when I was rooted with other spouses going through the same thing that made me feel connected. So for you, it was more about the people than it was the community per se. Absolutely. As beautiful as Hawaii is, I have noticed, yeah, that living anywhere, my focus is the connecting with the people. Um, I think, I feel like they both play a role, but you, I could be, you know, have joy and um, meaning with good relationships and feeling connected to people. And you're right that shared experiences are such an important part of building attachment to place and even to people. I know I think back to when I've met my most, my friends who have stayed with me the longest and that's during big life stages. So friends that I've known since early childhood, friends that, you know, I went to college with and spent that shared experience with. And then the group of friends that I had when I became a mom and we all had our babies together, those really deep shared experiences, I think allow us to have uh, a different type of personal connection. Yes. Agreed. Definitely. And it sounds like in the military community that the, particularly the wives and the spouses have that sort of shared experience. Yeah, we do. And I think because we all know that this is temporary, you know, that move there, it, usually between one to four years is the range um, of how long you're in a place. It depends on what the job is. Um, but you definitely become more um, efficient and focused on building those connections. Because if you don't, you know, by the time you, it's almost by like, by the time you leave is when you're going to make connections. So you do try to, to, um, meet people and foster those relationships early and really make an intentional focus on that. Okay. So you, you said you lived in a duplex or a fourplex, was it in Hawaii? Yes, we lived, we've lived in both. We lived in a fourplex and we lived in a duplex. So tell me about the different types of houses that you've lived in, old houses, new houses, little houses, big houses, and just what are your, some of your favorites and least favorite things? Yes. So our favorite home was in Florida. It was just actually your, you know, your cookie cutter home. And I'm, I'm a very practical person. Um, so that was my favorite home because it was the most practical. It was, it was an open floor plan. It had great lighting. Um, the floor wasn't falling in, (laughs) (laughs) you know, if you guys check out, uh, Danae's Instagram, her living room floor is sinking in, um, you know, and so I didn't have to worry about those types of things. So it was a fairly newer home. So it didn't need a lot of work. Um, And then the other thing is, is that it wasn't too small and it wasn't too big for our family. I know that's a personal, um, you know, experience for people and everybody has different size families. So, but for us, that home was the perfect size. It wasn't too small and it wasn't too big. And that's important for me because when something feels, you know, it's hard when something is too small and it's hard if it's too big because you feel like you might be spending too much time focusing on that instead of building connection in the community. 
So let's talk about having a house that's too small, because I know there are a lot of people that say that their houses are too small. And I'm Mm -hmm. sort of of the mindset that I feel like if your house is too small, then maybe you have too much stuff. And if you got Mm -hmm. rid of some of the stuff that you may feel like your house isn't so small anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do have a very normal sized house. So if I lived in a tiny home, I might be sort of singing a different tune. How do you feel about a house being too small? Have you lived in a house that's too small? Maybe just a little bit too small. That I would say the house, the the fourplex that we lived in, that was, I believe, 1,300 square feet. Um, so that was like a little bit too small. I mean, obviously, we lived there and we were happy and life went on, you know, but would an extra room, you know, a little bit extra room been nice? Yes, because we also um, on base don't have a garage, we don't have any other storage. There's no basements. There's no attics. So that's that's the only space that you have. But typically, I think that, yeah, if we all cleared out our clutter, that's the best place to start because often that can solve a lot of the problem. So at what point in all your moving did you start moving towards minimalism and decluttering? That was actually when we lived in Florida and I lived in our favorite home, you know, based on the size and the... Um, the open floor plan. My husband was deployed. Um, and we, we were, let me back up just for a minute. We were actually renting a larger home and we were looking for a home to buy. And we found that home and we thought we had it all planned out. He was, you know, going to be home and he wasn't going to be deployed and we were going to move over there. And then he got a call and said, he got a call from his um, boss that his boss said, okay, well, pack your stuff because you're leaving in seven days to go to Africa. And um, so we were, you know, the kids and I had to move um, while he was deployed. Uh, And that is also where our military community came in and helped me. So that was really great. Um, But during that move, I began touching all of our things and thinking, what are we doing with this stuff? And we don't need this. And I don't want to spend any time taking care of it. Now, in these moves, were you packing up the boxes or did you have movers that were doing that? No, I packed up the boxes. Generally, um, when you're in the military and you you get what you call orders, so it's like, okay, it's time for us to move. And now the military is telling us we are going to go to Colorado. Then they will pay for your move. They, they have packers come and then they, they pack your stuff. And they move your stuff. But because this was not a move based on orders, this was just a move on us wanting to, you know, move really just down the street into a home that we were purchasing. That was not something that was going to be financially covered by the military. So I packed the stuff during nap time. <laughs> yeah. So when we moved last year, it was a corporate relocation. So we had movers through my husband's company. And I have to say that I was a little bit nervous about that because I was worried yeah. that if I didn't go through every single thing in advance <laughs> that I might get to my new house and be like, holy crap, like this is, why do I need this here? Why did I bring mm-hmm. this halfway across the country? Um, so I went through every single nook and cranny of our house and made sure that every single thing that we were bringing with us was stuff that we really wanted. And then mm-hmm. we got here and I still felt like I had too much stuff. That happens every time. <laughs> as many times as I've moved, I'm always like, why did I think I needed this? Or why did I think I still wanted this? But 
yeah when the moving truck pulled up to our house I was like what I was like where did, what is all this stuff like just like the, yes. the sheer size of it because I really felt like our house was pretty empty and our closets were pretty empty and we didn't really have that much stuff and but unpacking it was it was a lot of work and it took a lot out of me and I don't know do you have a preference in in your moving do you prefer to do the packing and going through everything what's your do you have any favorite tips for that I mean, I do, we always prep our stuff before movers come and I do like doing that, but I, I prefer them to do all the professional packing. Um, but I would always go through kind of like what you do, what you said you did Danae. And I mean, and you don't really want people packing all your under, you know, like your personal hygiene products and things like that, maybe. So you, you go through all of that and maybe I would put that in a bin or something. Um, so I do all that. It's a great time to start thinning out and really, um, assessing if you need what you have, because I didn't, don't you just sort of get settled in a place and then, you know, you start looking in your cupboards or you start looking in your pantry and you, you see that you've been stashing things here and there. Um, yeah, that happens to me, especially because I have a hard time putting things away and kind of have a hard time throwing things away still. And I'm getting a lot better about that. Um, But yeah, I mean, regardless of how intentional I am, things do still accumulate. And I go through closets and storage spaces all the time. And I have felt like keeping those storage spaces really not, I guess, how do you say this? I, I try not to store too deep. So like we have a closet above our stairs and it's like, really long and narrow and low, but it's like 12 feet deep. And I am terrified to put anything in the backside of it because I think it will just disappear into no man's land and I will never see it again. So really like I only use the front part of the closet of stuff that I can quickly grab and access because I'm worried about just pushing things back and pushing things back on top of that and on top of that. Um, Because I really do, I feel like holding on to things is is kind of silly like I just actually was going through my kids clothes putting away their winter clothes and figuring out what was too small for them and I pulled out a pair of my daughter's sandals from last year which are too small for her but they do have sentimental value because they were kind of her first pair of real sandals and I have a lot of good memories of her wearing them and I thought to myself like oh I don't want to get rid of these but then I thought to myself like these are in awesome shape there could be another kid wearing these and getting use Mm -hmm. out of them or I can put them into a bin for the next 30 years until my daughter is 30 years old and say hey look at these little shoes and she'll probably look at them and be like okay cool like why do do I need those why do I want those (laughs) so finding that balance between keeping things and throwing them away especially when it comes to sentimental do you have any when anything especially with four kids what do you do mm-hmm. I have one container if it doesn't fit in that container then it's not I don't keep it okay so I have one container yep. per kid and yes, I felt per kid I have one container per kid I should specify that okay and it feels like I just having a small container it makes me like once it's full I have to go through and say like all right yep. well maybe not everything in this is that important to me? And I find that mm-hmm. some of the sentimental va- sentimental value does change over time. So like I saved this placemat that they made for Thanksgiving last year because I thought they were really cute. And I just pulled out the box this week and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, I guess it's a cute placemat, but is it something I want to save for 30 years? Maybe not. Right. Um, right. So it, that changes. The way I feel towards those things changes over time. And I do think it's important to save a few things of from my kids, but I also don't think that it's going to be 
a huge deal to them in the future. It feels like it's a bigger deal to me. I don't know. What do you think? Your kids are older. So what do you think about that? Yeah, mine are really good, you know, at saying, oh, I don't think I really want to keep this anymore. In fact, my daughter, she um, painted this really pretty unicorn and I was like, oh, do you want to keep that? And she's like, nah, I don't, I don't really want to hold on to it. And I actually found myself thinking, are you sure? <laughs> I didn't say that, but, um, cause you know, I wanted to go with her decluttering thing, but, um, yeah, she, she was ready to let it go. So yeah. we did, we recycled it. So my mom saved quite a bit of clothing, not a ton, but a decent amount of clothing and toys and that sort of thing from us from when we were young, but it was stored in a basement in the house I grew up in and the basement got wet and everything got wet and nobody knew that it was wet and ended up getting moldy and had to be thrown away. So I don't have a lot of even photos or clothing from my childhood, but, and I don't know, maybe it's because I am a minimalist. I just, it does, it's not something that really bothers me that much. I mean, I do have some photos. I have enough photos for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But not having my childhood clothes and toys isn't something that bothers me personally. I don't know. Do you have stuff from when you were growing up? Um, I have since gotten, let it go basically, um, probably about seven years ago. So I did have some stuff, but actually like you, I did lose some things due to sporadic moves and, um, water damage as well. So I had like some porcelain dolls and, you know, a stamp collection, um, things like that, that I remember, but I lost and and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I think actually my mom feels worse about it than I do because she was Mm -hmm. really saving those things for me. And I think that that she was probably more sad than I am. And to me, like I have pictures of myself wearing the dresses that she saved me. So that Mm -hmm. not having the actual dress itself is, is okay. Um, so that's something that I've been able to move past. And I think that as my kids get older, especially being raised this way with having fewer things that I don't think that they're going to be as attached to those things when they're mm-hmm. 30 or 40, but I could be wrong. So I am saving a few things, but I'm not, um, yes. not taking too much space for it. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I want to point out too, I mean, as they get older, I'm always careful to honor whatever their decision is, um, for, for keeping things because I definitely think that right making people and, and kids get rid of things that they don't want to is just going to make them hold on to it tighter and you know maybe inhibit them having a healthy balance or a healthy outlook on their things yeah and I, I agree with that I'm actually thinking right now my daughter wears this horse dress every single day <laughs> and I love that horse dress <laughs> Anyway, the Falls Man Instagram will be very familiar with the horse dress. And I actually, this morning, the first thing when she woke up, she like sat up in bed and said, is the horse dress clean today? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, the horse dress is clean. It was actually in the dryer. It needed folded. And I pulled it out and it was stained. Whatever she had eaten yesterday and she got all over it, the stain didn't even come close to coming out. So I'm like thinking about what we're going to do about this horse dress because I don't think the stain is going to come out. And... I, she's only two, so I don't think she's going to be able to really rationalize this idea that we need to let it go because it's not of any value anymore if it is covered right. in pasta sauce or whatever it is is on there. I'm not sure what it is. Yes. And, you know, one sort of technique or tip that I try to do when I want, you know, if I think my kids need to let go of something, right, it has, it has holes, it has stains, or it doesn't really fit them well, or it's a toy, is to try to think of it 
as um, trading. So instead of letting go, we are going to trade. Um, so we might, you know, it's like, oh, this doesn't fit you anymore. Or this isn't working out. So, hey, can we trade this for this? Yeah, I thought about trading her the poor stress for a new version of it because it is too small for her. So I'm yes. thinking about buying it in the next size because I know that it's still for sale. Um, but I don't know. It really brings her a lot of joy. And it honestly doesn't <laughs> really bother me that she's wearing the exact same thing in every picture that I have of her. Um, no, I think it's great. She just absolutely loves it. It's just, I think it's sweet. So talking about moving in your kids, how do you feel like it has impacted your kids? Do you feel like it's given them... A, a more open mind? What do you think? I do. Um, yes, because we've experienced different cultures and different people and different languages. Um, actually, our neighborhood where we live now is extremely diverse. Um, much of the neighborhood is um, either African-American or um, Chinese or Korean. So they get to, you know, see different things and have different perspectives. Um, I think it was easier to move with the military um, than it would be if we were to start moving right now, um, you know, just on our own all the time, because they were surrounded by other kids doing the same thing. So you know, there's something to be said about connecting with people who are experiencing the same things as you. But if we were to move now, I and my oldest is in sixth grade, I can pretty much tell you she'd be very, very upset <laughs> with me. Um, and I think that it would probably be the most difficult move for her. So she's definitely getting to that age where she's ready to and wanting to, to just settle down and make those long term friendships and attachments to people. What about you? Yeah, that's a good question, Danae. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have friends all over um, the place. And so I've sort of been adept to uh, calling and or emailing and things like that. Um, but I, I feel like I'm ready to stay and settle down. It is so much work moving. And um, although this is not um, my favorite place, you know, this isn't the, my favorite place that we've lived and it's not my favorite home. This is just such an amazing place. I mean, when I think about the world, I really, truly live, you know, in a great place. There's things to do and there's parks and we have, you know, freedom and, and, you know, things like that. There's lots of resources. So I, I feel really thankful to live where I live. So do you feel like you're a little bit restless or have wanderlust? How long have you been in your current home and your current city? Um, it's been about two years. And I think I was born restless with wanderlust. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I do. We always, you know, and then moving in the military, we call it like the three-year itch. Um, it's sort of like, you're like, okay, what's on to the next adventure? But that's because that's what I've been doing most of my life. Um, so it is a bit of a shift, but, um, but it's good. So when you are in the process of moving or when you're starting to get that itch, do you think it's because you feel like the grass is always greener on the other side and you're going to find a better place? Or do you think it's just about having a different experience? For me, it's about having a different experience. Um, in the past it has been, there have been times where it's about, a, you know, it being a better place, but overall, um, now it's definitely about a new experience. 
Okay. So what is the least favorite place that you've lived? Hmm. That's a tough choice. Uh, Place-wise, I would say Abilene, Texas. And for all all the Texans out there, I, I love Texas. <laughs> um, just there just wasn't a lot to do in Abilene, and there was not a lot of diversity. And I, those were some things I really enjoy diversity and, um, you know, having other parks and recreation and water. I love water nearby. So I would say that was my least favorite place. But at the same time, I had wonderful friends there. So. Okay. So what about your least favorite house? Least favorite house. Hmm. You know, that would probably be. Connecticut, which is where we moved from. We were in Connecticut for two years. Um, and it was a really cute sort of farmhouse um, up on like an acre of property. There was like wild deer and bears. And, and so that was really cool. Um, but it was older and it was not practical or functional. It actually had the least amount I think I had like four kitchen cupboards. So the fact that it wasn't practical, it, it was a cute house, right? So aesthetically, you know, I could appreciate it, but it wasn't practical. And so that made things difficult. So do you prefer a new house over an old house, would you say? Uh, if I could choose, I would take an old charm house and have it, you know, updated. Okay completely updated yeah and I'm with you on that it's funny because when we lived in Dallas our home was from the 60s and it was our first house and I felt like it was I was like you know it just doesn't feel fresh like there's lots of nicks and and scrapes on the walls and it's just not fresh and new and it was just something I thought about while I lived there and it wasn't that big of a deal but it never really felt like fresh and new and when we moved to our house now which is way older than that house um now I'm like wow that house that house felt so fresh and new (laughs) this house feels so old which is funny because actually the age is part of the charm of our house and in last week's podcast I talked about sort of my experience moving into this house and how I was just so shocked and like we've just had a lot of surprises since we've been here but the thing is that like I'm actually so enchanted by this house and by Mm -hmm. the property I just literally I will walk out my front door and think to myself like wow I cannot believe that I live here like this is so amazing but at the same time I walk inside and sometimes I think oh my gosh I can't believe that I live here there's so much work that needs to be done (laughs) so that that mixed feelings that you can have towards a house and towards a community have you experienced that Oh, yeah. Every time. Every time. Because there really is no perfect place. I mean, you know, Hawaii was beautiful and and it and I had the mountains and the ocean, which I love and the overall lifestyle of just being laid back. And um, but at the same time, there's um, the cost of living is astronomical and there's lots of cockroaches and centipedes in your house. So (laughs) that sounds (laughs) totally unappealing. So uh... yeah, especially the centipedes. They're about four inches long and they sound like kids walking, but they're not kids. They're centipedes. Oh man. I think I'll keep my mice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And that's the other thing. We had mice too when we lived in Connecticut in the basement. Yes. And I think that that's kind of a staple when you live out in the country and places like this that you will have mice and actually it's funny that the mice don't really bother me that much because I don't really mm-hmm. think that they're gonna like crawl into bed with me so right. I think the centipedes I would have a hard time sleeping at night with the idea of centipedes in my house though mm-hmm. yes and they bite 
yeah, that makes it even worse. <laughs> yes. So uh, do you feel like when you move that you have this sense of renewal or like there are new opportunities or you're going to make a, get a fresh start? Is that something you look forward to when you move? Yes. I think that is tied to the whole experience of, you know, what you asked me before, um, you know, do I want to move for the experience or because I think that there's a better place? It's definitely the experience. And I love the new, you know, I love exploring new places. I love seeing new things. I love to travel, but I'm not traveling because I don't love to travel with four kids. I just got to be honest. Um, and that's that's totally okay. I do love traveling with my kids. And it's funny that I always tell people when people say like, wow, like, how do you do that? And I'm always like, you know, it is not for everybody. And you should not feel the least bit guilty if you don't want to do it because it's just not everybody enjoys it. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm thinking maybe, you know, it's in my youngest is, you know, they're four and five. So I'm hoping in a couple more years, um, you know, we'll be able to do a little bit more. Um, but yeah. Okay. So my final question is, I know you said that it was going to be hard to leave. It would be hard for your daughter to leave the community that you're in right now since she is Mm -hmm. 12. She's 12, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So do you think you're going to stay? Yes. I think we are going to stay. My husband has a good job. Um, not his perfect dream job, but a very good job um, with a decent amount of time off. And we have enough resources here and parks and things that we enjoy doing. So that definitely offsets the things that we, you know, wish that we could change about the place. That sounds very practical, but it's probably going to be hard to calm your wanderlust, do you think? (laughs) I think so. Uh, That's why you'll find me, you know, over on Instagram, like, creating new projects or changing the room, the color in my room or, some, you know, repainting my walls, things like that. <laughs> and maybe you'll get the itch to travel more because I feel like you've been traveling in your moves. So if you yes. settle into one place, I wonder if maybe you will start to want to travel more since you're not getting that constant newness and exposure to new places and new things. I, I definitely think so. And as my kids get older as well, I think it'll be a little bit, you know, easier to travel with them. So I think that's one of the big appeals to living outside of New York City for us now is that and we've always wanted to live abroad. That's something that's always been a dream of ours. And Mm -hmm. now that I've moved across the country, I'm kind of giving up on that dream of living abroad because moving across the country was so difficult with young kids. So now I'm kind of thinking to myself that, you know, being close to New York City, flights are really, really cheap to a lot of really incredible places. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll be able to travel more and we don't necessarily have to live somewhere so new and don't have to move as much if we have more opportunities to travel. Yes. And, you know, I, I feel like you know, for me personally, anyway, in the long run, that sort of setup can actually leave more leisure time to do the enjoyable travel. Because when you're moving all the time, and especially when you have, you know, you're moving with kids, you, you're, you are spending a good amount of energy at each new place, helping your kids get acclimated to the new place and make new friends and find new doctors and go to new dentists and, you know, do all of that, all the stuff just to maintain, you know, your health and and balance. So when you're not moving and you're staying in one place, 
you know, maybe you have more time to do the leisure traffic, uh, travel and not have to worry about all the other logistics of moving. Right, because all those logistics of moving are very time-consuming. And likewise, planning a trip or a vacation is also can be very time-consuming, and there can be a lot of logistics. So um, if you're not, you know, absorbing all those costs in moving and mm-hmm. all the time involved in moving, that maybe you can reallocate some of those mental and financial resources towards exploring more. Well, thank you so much for chatting today, Zoe. This has been really fun. I've It's been interesting to hear about all of your favorite and least favorite places and all of the adventures that your family has been on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Danae. Thanks for tuning in. If you're interested in learning more about Zoe, you can find her at RaisingSimple.com or you can read her book, Minimalism for Families. I'll put the links to both of those in the show notes at SimpleFamilies.com forward slash episode 108. Thank you for tuning in. And if you could take a moment to leave a review or rating in iTunes, your support would be greatly appreciated. Have a good one.